All right, everybody, welcome back to During Business Hours. My name's Christopher. Today, I'm joined with Tinder from EFX. How you doing today, bud? Good. How you been, man? Doing fantastic. This is always fun. Let's get to it. Uh, what are you up to today? Nothing, man. I was I was fixing phones and then shipping packages. Better than us. I was doing inventory most of the morning. The uh, I totally forgot we had this interview because yeah. I didn't I didn't send you a calendar invite. And then yeah. I had just thing after thing after thing. Yeah. But the storefronts have been dead the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's um, been complaining about it online too. Yeah, the bus- business being slow, um, like the screen repairs. Mm-hmm. But I think data recovery and stuff, it's, it's never slow. <laughs> because yeah. there's always something that's going on. Are, are you an owner in your business? Yeah, 50-50. Nice, yeah. So then you understand that there's always money to be made or money on the table when you're, I don't know if you have any employees or it's just you and a partner that work together, but I have five employees and trying to get them to understand time versus effort and what you put into something versus what the store will get out of it is like a delicate balance. And uh, the operating policies are very vague on how to uh, delegate that. That's my concern when I'm, I'm going to Oklahoma, I'm leaving somebody else in charge. And man, the idea that production will be cut like so far while I'm not here. That's like, oh, only thing that hurts me. No, it's, it's, it's hard to manage employees because um, I think in 2017, we we had the metro stores no never again no <laughs> i was Man, partnered with a couple of metro stores back in 2018 and that was yeah. the dumbest relationship i had ever been in yeah there's a lot of stuff on the books and a lot of stuff off the books with metro and uh, yeah i'm sure you're familiar <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a time when they were expanding right when yeah. they were doing this thing where like oh let's open metro stores everywhere they made it look all pretty and fancy and then so much was off the books because you couldn't tell corporate like here's how many cash deals i have for this you know here's how many activations i have for this i don't want to yeah. bust many metros out because they're still in the area before i leave but it's uh an interesting dynamic that corporates like as long as it doesn't show on the sheet it doesn't exist there's just Okay, so I think a lot of those people are funneling money from other sources through their activations for $25. Because randomly you'll have somebody with 100 activations a day that had zero for the last three weeks. And you're like, okay, so you got $2,500 in cash payments. What are the lines? What are the phone numbers? Oh, they're not going to use them right now. Okay. (laughs) No, I think most people that I knew, they were... um... They will partner up with other stores yeah. and then team your the activation thing where someone's using the computer. You, but man, we had zero walk-ins. There's, there's no one walking in the store. The mm-hmm. only thing we had going on was just repairs. And then one day he's like, Hey, how come you're doing 408 activations? I was like, well, you didn't tell me I can't do this. He's like, no, you can't do this. We need to shut you down. And this, and I was like, no, we need to put this for sale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. So what's your background? Where do you come from? Where I, were you born? I, I was born in India. Yeah, what part? 
New Delhi. Like uh, near Delhi or New Delhi? It's 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 like northern part of the India. Yeah. How long yeah. did you stay there? Uh, till I was seventeen. Dang. Yeah. Your English is so good for somebody who grew up in in India. Is no, it like big there, or I thought there was a bunch of dialects in India. Yeah. Um, it. I think it's different for every state. Um, if you go down south, they they speak different. If you go up north, it's different. But even in northern part of India, if you're going more towards straight up north towards China, um, people look Asian like people from India. You're going to be like, oh, he's he's like a Chinese guy, but no, they're, they're Indian. <laughs> that's, that's I never try it. Like when I was younger, it was yeah. racism was a different thing. You know, you could be like, hey, what's your nationality? Or like, hey, you got dark skin. Where, where are you from? Or you speak differently. And you can yeah. ask those questions. Nowadays, you can't ask those questions. So oh, it's man, very it, like, yeah. it's it's a very touch and go subject. I, I think what it is, it's, I think people who are of color, I think they may not have problem with this, but it's more of people who run the media. They try to make a problem out of this. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I've been lucky and I, I never ran into this racism thing. <laughs> you never? Nah, what? man. I, I have never had this happen to me where someone will tell me like, hey, come over. You know, I, I look Arab, you know, for 100% of people will think I'm like from Afghanistan or something. <laughs> I think you mentioned that the first time we were talking too. Like, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. But I, I never had this problem where people say, no, I was pulled over at the airport. Um, it's been other way around. A lot of times when I get pulled over, they let me go. So I don't know. <laughs> and they don't check the shoes or anything, you know, like, oh, he's stuffing something. There's a, a nail nah, clipper. Man. You know, he's got they didn't check me for no bombs, nothing. No, it's it's never it's never a bomb, it's never a gun. It's always nail clippers or liquids like acids. It, uh, we have somebody who works at the TSA that's related to one of our workers, and it's yeah. never it's never directly something you would think. It's something that they can use in the most extenuating extenuating circumstance. They can be yeah. dangerous because if you can put three different chemicals together and make mustard gas, you know, that's the idea, the over eight ounces. But most people are too stupid to download the Anarchy Cookbook, which is technically illegal in the States. I don't recommend. Um, oh. But there's uh, very dumb ways to make very explosive things. And so TSA has <laughs> got to be concerned about that. A lot of the people who run these stores are, are big time nerds like. You know, most of the people, Jesse and Chris that I've spoken to, any electronic store or just cell phone repair store, people like to tinker. So where did you learn the the teardown? Was this just spawned straight from Metro or did you have a history in India of doing no, electronics? So, so again, like I always say, I, I don't have a fancy you know, story where like, oh, I had a hard time, like I had no money and that's what I had to do this, you know? Yeah. This, you know, I was, as a kid, you know, you, you have a cell phone and then you, you want to do things to it, you know? So I go online on Google and I think it was a Nokia phone where you can type in a code and it tells you like, oh, the, 
you've been you've been using this phone for like 50 hours or 100 hours right yeah. so i just wanted to reset that thing and i i think back then they had some kind of tool where you can talk it to the phone using usb um so i just downloaded some scripts online and I don't know how I did it, but I was able to make like a little script to reset the timers. And I was selling that in India. Um, And then I thought, oh, maybe I want to be a coder, right? But then I found there, there are, they already had tools to do that kind of stuff where you don't have to spend 50 hours and, you know, connect the serial cable. You have to buy a serial cable and then send something over terminal and then see if it even works. But it's not what people think most of the time people who who run this business it's not they're making something it's a tool that's being used but there's no such thing as as in-house where people say oh i got into an iphone and it's it's in-house no it's it's all pay to play yeah oh yeah and the entire business industry is pay to play that's why you see all the the master classes you see the people who are like, let me sell you a Shopify store. Let me build you something and then sell it to you. It's people have figured out how to cut corners in their industry to make it more convenient to get you to a place where you can start making money faster. So similar to, we'll say, you know, Mike, who does the refurbishing for people, uh, the OLED King. Um, He's gotten to a point where he can source all the refurb equipment source the glass and give it to somebody as a package and that's what he sells so now he's giving people a 200 hour head start on refurbishing where when i was doing it three years ago it was you had to spend 40 hours just breaking stuff to learn what the sensitivities were what the differences were on where you needed to be in order to make that money nowadays it's let me pay somebody five grand save myself 200 hours and i'm in business Yeah. So wait, you, you done refurbishing too? I did up until the, the curved OLEDs, when things started to get bendy, I started to be like, eh, it's going to cost yeah. me a lot of money. I, I moved into soldering after that because we had a break in. And I don't know if you've seen the episodes, I'm a big proponent of insurance. I think insurance moves the world. And uh, so I got burglarized and then insurance paid me out way too much money for this equipment because retail yeah. was a lot higher than what I bought it for. So I was like, instead of spending more time on what I already know, let me go ahead and buy something new that's cheaper. So I bought a scope. I bought uh, equipment from Hako. I went to Fry's and bought like a, an 880 uh, soldering station, a, de- a fume extractor, all this stuff. And I was like, I'm gonna learn soldering. So I bought a ZXW tool key, <laughs> did, didn't touch it for six months. And I finally activated it. I didn't pay for a course or anything, but I started doing, I had stacks of boards. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get some of these boards up and working and like sell them. So by the time I butchered 20 devices, I had already built 10, you know, I was like, okay, here's some, you know, chestnut, touch IC issues, whatever I would call the customers who were like, hey, have it. And I'd be like, hey, remove your iCloud. So I just fixed it. And then I made a bunch of money doing that, started advertising it. I did B2B for a while before it became a thing in like 2018, 2019. And uh, that led me into a partnership in a store in Monterey where a guy just screwed me over for like 40 grand. And I'm like, I'm done with B2B. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. but you live and you learn. I still do soldering in-house. I just, I can't. 
working for the end user is much more convenient when you can give the expectations up front versus another store that's got three different phone calls to make every time a decision's made and then it takes yeah. you much longer. There's certain ones where like with you and me, I had sent you a board. Uh, hey, do it, your price, great, here you go. Easy, done. When it's, I need to get approval from the customer or that customer needs to call me back for a, a password or something they need to recover, it can be days and like put on a shelf and back and forth, it'd be a nightmare and I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, no, so with, with the password thing, you know, um, I don't I don't tell it to a lot of people, but if it's like a four digit pen or like an iPhone or like older Samsung's, I'm not talking about like S5, S6, where you flash a, a custom recovery and then remove the key file, it, even up to S8, S9. Um, so I, I have Celebrite. And if someone don't have a password, I can get in the phone. And so, so I will give them the chance to get the password, but if they can't, then this is how I do it. I was like, okay, so I charge this guy 300. Now either I lose that 300 or I do something for the person for free. Now, if it's, so there's something called UFED, right? Oh, I'm um, very familiar with celebrating UFED. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, 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 it's free and it's unlimited, right? But then they have like a premium version, right? Where it's, it's credit-based thing. So, there have been two times where, you know, I was like, fuck it. I just want to find out because I did the swap and customer said, no, this is my password. And I was like, okay, either I lose 2000 or this guy's going to tell me that I am wrong, yeah. which is okay. I, sh I should start accepting that. But, you know, I, I brute force that phone and that password was not the password. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people say like, oh, you need NFC. You don't need NFC. So I, I call people who are real engineer, but not, not an iPhone, right? Oh, yeah. And then talk to them, try to tell them. I was like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Then you got to show them the schematics because I can read them. And I think 90% of the people who do microsoldering, we can read them. But oh, we no, 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 not 90. I, I will, I will firm, <laughs> I don't read schematics, right? Yeah. I can read schematics, but I like, there's just something about sitting there. I didn't read them the first two years. And then I started watching Rossman and I was like, okay, I got to learn what this is. But the, a majority of people are just doing part swaps, like IC swaps from one board to another for quick and easy money or TriStar. Back in the day, before I knew anything, I could swap a TriStar and it would work one out of three times. And I was like, okay, I'll just a $4 chip. Let's do it a bunch of times until it works. And I know people are still doing this to this day because I've talked to people and they're like, well, I don't need ZXW. I don't need phone board. I don't need a board overview. I'm like, well, it will save you time if you spend five hours learning this. And they're like, no, 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 this is fine. I'll just, I'll swap this chip, then I'll swap this chip because it's power, right? It's gotta be one of these 10 chips and they'll just waste so much time. And I'm like, if I've talked to probably 20 people who are doing this, I'm telling you, it's gotta be like 50% of people have put in the effort. The other 50 are winging it, way winging it. Cause I was winging it, I understood. Yeah, the, the, the thing with data recovery and swapping chips is people don't like seeing things where I start talking about, hey, this is what comes in from the battery. This is mm -hmm. what gets generated from the chip. This is the enable signal and you know, 
a lot of times, you know, it's it's okay for people to think that we don't diagnose, we can swap CPU because sometimes they're not even looking for that. A lot of times I'll get call where the end user, he's like, no, I've already taken my phone to 20 different places. They've already tested it. I need someone who can swap the CPU. And, and from there, I noticed like, okay, I can post something where I can tell them, hey, this is how an iPhone boot. And you know, this thing about like, oh, I need to learn, no. I can pay someone $3,000 and they're going to walk me through, hey, this is how it boots and this is what you need to check. And you know, $3,000, I'm done. But when it comes to swapping CPU, I don't think you can learn that thing. I mean, you can see someone, you know, monkey see, monkey do kind of thing. But if someone only swapped one CPU versus someone who swapped 500 of them, it is a different thing. You, you cannot gain that thing because... Every time you swap CPU, we can call it the same thing. It is not the same thing. It's, it's experience it's, through yeah. adversity, yeah, and, and repetition. There's so many people, What there was a guy on Facebook that said something, he's like, oh, I wanna do or be great at 100 things. And I was like, no, 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 no. I would much rather be all right at 100 things and great at one. You know, yeah. it's, it's spread your time, but there's that, repetition in that one thing that you're like trial fail trial fail you learn all those failures and then you finally get it you're like oh i got it it's just so much better especially now you know how all the ways you can fuck up versus the success (laughs) it's it's so much easier there was what was that guy's name sean who refused to do the the cpu swap on an iphone that was a whole thing in the groups for a while yeah no Man, with the with the group thing is, you know, a lot of times, you know, Facebook comments can can send a message that you you never mean, and mm-hmm. and for someone like me, you know, I, I'm not raised in in states, you know, I don't like using emojis. So sometimes, even if it's a joke, it could be coming out as something as if you know I'm coming guns blazing and I just want to shoot the guy, you know. Yeah. But it's it's just like, man, I'm not going to add a smiley face or a rainbow flag just to like, you know, make you laugh, you know, oh, if yeah. you think. <laughs> you I, I laughed at somebody's comment uh, not even a week ago and I got jumped on and I was like, yeah, I thought it was funny. It was, you know, unfortunately, it was their misfortune. They broke something. But I was like, oh, I've been there. So I, instead of commenting, I was just kind of laughing at it. And yeah. that's my, my bad to hurt their feelings because I thought it was a funny post. I don't think Facebook would mean to put a a happy face or a laughing face if they didn't say you could do that. So I I don't know. I didn't think I was being a dick. I was just like, it's funny if you rip an iPhone 8 home button. (laughs) It's, hey, I've been there. I understand. I've done it too. There's no no harm, no foul. But just don't be a dick about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. This this thing where people say, no, I have have a 100% success rate, man. It's just... It does not exist, you know. Um, I, I have done CPU swaps live for the reason, and and you know it it worked. And it it doesn't mean it worked all the time, you know. But if someone tells me like, "Hey, you want to go live with me?" You know, I I do one we one every day because I I know that the other person who's going to go against me is going to be very nervous because they're more worried about what people are going to say about their swap, and then it could be that. Maybe Maybe they've only done 10. Now they're like, oh, we don't know how good this guy is. And you know, this one thing where I could be thinking, oh, I'm good till I 
till I go against someone who's really good. Or, you know, it could be vice versa. Like someone can be thinking they're really good and great till they see someone who's better than them, you know? So this good, best thing, I, I don't know, man. In the, in the group, it's, it's on, you know? And there's, there's so many people that are just putting their heads down and going to work every day that we don't even know that are yeah. in this industry and they're busting heads. There are yeah, people yeah. that are taking home $100,000 a week doing what we're doing and yeah. they never post to Facebook because they're they're too busy. Like yeah. the, the only yeah. reason I'm not on Facebook more is I've got so much going on. And I don't know, it's just one of those things. I got 10 things I've got every day to do and I probably accomplish seven to eight, but I try my damnedest to get to those 10. And uh, there's so many people out there that are just 24 seven on Facebook trying to gain momentum or uh fame from the groups like it's it's their social hub and I, yeah it's, it's just yeah. not mine I, I personally am like all right cool ban me i'm good yeah i'll yeah. go find another tree to hang out under <laughs> watch all these apples <laughs> no, fall. It's, the, the 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 biggest problem we have on um facebook is it it becomes personal and you know this 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 happened to me too you know where things get personal where like, you know, if I see someone comment at my post or if I comment on someone else's post, it, it becomes personal. The only problem is I don't have a problem saying that, hey, that was personal. And I don't like deleting my comment, even if it's bad, because if I write something and if it was wrong, I want people to know that, hey, he, he did something wrong. I don't wanna like backtrack. No, I didn't say it. Like, no, it, if it's done, it's done. You know, it should be like a bullet. And, you know, once it went through the it's chamber, a, yeah, it's gone. Stand, standing behind your work and your word. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So when, when you left, did you fa uh, your family move with you from India? No, I, I was in New Zealand for a while. Oh, damn. How's New Zealand? It was good. Um, that that's where I started fixing phones. So it was Nokia N80 that I started fixing. How old yeah. are you? I'm 33. See, I just turned 32. Oh damn! Ten days ago. Yeah. <sighs> How does it feel to be 33? Uh, I mean, it doesn't really affect. <laughs> it's the same, right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. said. What is it? Uh, 25, then 30, now 35. What did what, they say it was? It's like a ladders to death. I'll find, that, I'll find that quote. I'll send it to you after. It's like you take a step every five years, like a ladder up to, you know, you're either going to hell or heaven. Yeah. Um, but how long were you in New Zealand uh, fixing phones? Uh, about a year. About a year. So you came here when you were 18? Yeah. And you've been in California ever since? Since 2009, uh, same city. Damn, you've been yeah. stuck in Oakland, Oakland this entire time? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, so I was different when I came here. You know, I was scared most of the time. And I, I didn't have this thing where I was like, oh, I, I need to be prepared for this. You know, how people say, oh, you got to be on your toes. And I, I wasn't prepared for it. But after two years, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now, yeah. when someone come in, I mean, we've had times where people threw their tablets at me and they, they said, damn, how did you dodge it? Because I was prepared for it. I, yeah. I knew it's going to happen. People are angry. You know, I tell people the stories. We get crazy customers. We had a lady that called us like 5,000 times in a week uh, just to block our phone. Her and her 11-year-old son. Like, yeah. Just out of spite, 
because they brought in a device we didn't want to buy and then she didn't want to pay for a repair she had us do while she was trying to sell us a phone. Yeah. Whole drama. But the California crazy is way worse than you take Oregon, New York, Massachusetts. I, I yeah. won't have any California crazy versus Minnesota crazy or Tennessee crazy. It It's just not comparable because they just don't give a shit. They're like, I'll go to jail. I'll be out tonight. Oh, yeah. 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 They're like, I can yeah. threaten to shoot you as long as I don't kill you. I'll be out tomorrow. Like, yeah. Yeah. And 10 years no, ago. It's, it's not a fair game, you know, like, man, okay, if, if they have a gun, I don't have a problem with it. But give me a fair chance and then we'll see who stands. You know, like I'd rather see their mom cry than my mom cry. You know, I openly say it, you know, if someone walk in here with a gun, man, I'm going to turn them into a shredded paper and I don't care. You know, yeah. I mean, the person already have a gun, like I'm already dead. If someone walk in with a gun and they cross the door, I'm 50% dead because the only thing that's between me and him is him pointing the gun at me. Exactly. You know, I am a big see. I, I think we already had this conversation. We're, we're both gun owners, yeah, right, right to Second Amendment here. And the, one of the best things about owning a firearm in California is you now have a set of rules besides the Constitution where it says, Hey, <laughs> you can't shoot first, you can't shoot in the back, yeah, you have to shoot if your life has been threatened physically, not verbally or emotionally, or your property. And it yeah. can't it can't be over property. It has to be over your actual life. So if right. somebody sells a million dollars in diamonds, doesn't matter. If they try and stab you, it doesn't matter. If they shoot you, then it matters. Yeah. Like, so if they turn, oh yeah, you're still a murder one. Like there's a million rules. But me, I'm yeah. going to Oklahoma. Step on my property, I blow your dick off. <laughs> it's fine. It's like the governor's like, it's okay. Just sew it back on. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to leave this. I'm telling you, it's bad. <laughs> uh, but see, you you can have you can have a regular gun. You know, we have something called like the California Special because we don't have like an army or a military background. So we have to get like a shitty guns where you have to get like a mag lock and this lock. So I don't have to have a mag lock. I've got a an XD or sorry an XD40 and a 45. They don't have a mag lock. No, you can because you were an army. Like, but that's not on my. Um, even though I was in the military, yeah, I can, I can buy anything from sportsmen's. It's not military or, um, what is it? Police issued, like yeah. So like a like Glock a law 20, enforcement like, kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, so I don't have to have anything that's not mm-hmm. already civilian based. Is there any restrictions you have not being a like a a citizen so the restrictions that i have is that what yeah. you're asking yeah oh yeah so we cannot have a mag that drops so you know the, how there's a the mag release button right yeah you have to have a break action and then you gotta release the mag but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we i cannot just press the mag release and uh, reload the mag like i gotta put in like a mag lock or an m lock thing where there's a button on the side and you know it breaks it, it breaks the thing and then i press the button to release the mag but it's so quick that i can make it look like that's just, gotta be oakland based because in sacramento we don't have that no it's it's all over california 
It's not I'm about handgun. It's just about assault rifle. So if oh, you yeah, no. I, I don't do any ARs because they'd be dead by the time I got it out of the safe. And I got two kids. So yeah. I can sleep with a pistol <laughs> under my pillow. Totally fine. But to have an AR by the bed or something, and then my kids, they're really young. I the yeah. fear the fear of them like putting a toe or a finger, uh, you know. I just rather have handguns yeah. right now. When I go out to Oklahoma, no, I, I I keep them away from my kid because that that's one thing I'm scared of is like, man, if this guy, you know, I I lock the thing, you know, I I run like a cable through my magazine, so I was like, okay, if this guy gets a gun, you know, yeah. <laughs> he can't cut the cut the padlock because you know it's it's going through the mag. So where is your store exactly in Oklahoma or sorry in Oakland? Oh, we're we're on three twenties fourteen. So yeah. um we're right borderline Oakland and San Leandro. So we are in San Leandro, right in front of the police station. So your your company name is EFX San Leandro, right? So what made you come up with the EFX? No, I so I I never selected a name. We we bought the business from someone. Um I used to fix phones for the guy who owned the store. Ah. The person who worked there is the one who bought the business. I just came in as someone who worked here. And a lot of the money that we put in the business, it was never made from the repairs. Um, we, we, We do okay at the store, but almost all the investment came from the Bitcoin that I mined when I came to the States. So it was... I never had to work for my money, you know. I, I you never very had. Lucky, huh? <laughs> I the the thing is, I was buying things in 2012, 2013 from other countries where they only took Bitcoin, you know. And at at that time, it wasn't something that, like, if you tell someone Bitcoin, it's like, man, what is it, you know? And they didn't want to take PayPal because PayPal wasn't what it's nowadays, you know. Yeah. You, you have to send Bitcoin. So, so you could retire right now, right? You didn't hold on past the drop. So here's the problem. Let, yeah. Let's say, <laughs> let's say I have six million dollars. Let's say, yeah, fifty percent belongs to my partner, right? Yeah. So I'm down to three million dollars. I have to pay thirty-seven percent taxes the day I withdraw my money. So yeah. if I decide to cash my Bitcoin, I'm already down to one point nine million dollars. For me to retire, my crypto need to be 10, 20 million. For me to get 10 million, then I give five to my partner. I keep five million. And then let's say you want to buy a good house. That's $2 million. Damn, I'm only left with $3 million. Like, you know, it. There, there it are could, ways to av- avoid that tax, you know. Um, you know, I, I can tell yeah. you at another time. But if anybody cares, just message me. <laughs> crypto withdrawal (laughs) tax evasion um legally but so the idea if if you held on that's my only concern because man crypto is just at a a bleeding bubble right now and it's it's already burst but now it's inverted where all the blood's on the outside of the bubble and it's just draining uh you know it'll go back up eventually when the the sharks are out of the water but somebody was saying that you know, FTX crashing, Binance is starting to get unsettled, uh, unsettled. Uh, Robinhood is losing a bunch of money, that it killed everything. I was lucky, I took all my money out of crypto the moment I started putting in way too much in online gambling, and I was losing a 
crap ton of money in stake, but I had won a bunch of money. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna take all my money out of crypto and I don't have to risk it. I'm an addicted gambler. So I know that. Yeah. If there's no money that I can transfer, great. I cashed every dime. And it was at, Bitcoin was at 61,000. I was so fucking lucky that I'm an addicted gambler. Otherwise I'd have bankruptcy chapter 11 if I was still in right now. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Thank God I'm an addicted gambler. I saved everything. My family, my kids, like we're safe. No, I, I think that there will be time when it will become stable. Um, I think every time the pre-mined coins are sold, it, it will have a crash. So we will see we will see this thing where it keeps on crashing, keeps on crashing. But once we have people who pre-mine the thing on their laptop, you know, it, it didn't cost us 20 graphic card. And, you know, I, I tried to create a post on my Facebook and try to tell people, but sometimes you don't want to tell them too much I... because then... I may get SIM swapped or something, you know? <laughs> and one thing I cannot lose is my crypto because I, you know, I could lose everything and I'm still okay, you know? <laughs> like paper, it, it, paper wallets, man, I'm telling you. You could put those in a Bible under your bed yeah. and then make sure it's in a fireproof sleeve in case somebody burns your house down. Um, yeah. As long as, you, what was it? Mr. Beast had two million in crypto and he had his house broken into. And the only thing they didn't take was the tag that said Bitcoin address and Bitcoin key that was yeah. tagged to his his uh, monitor. And so he had like $4 million in there, but they stole all his PlayStations, his computer, his laptop, everything. Not the monitor and not the sticky note. Otherwise they'd yeah. be filthy rich today because it 10X since then. And I'm like, Jesus, that's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> So, but you know, a lot of lot of times when people, I find it hard to believe that someone will have their keys and address stick into their monitor. Um, but again, I don't know, man. the The guy is really big, so. <laughs> I did. Oh, you did. Yeah, my, my wife was like, "Oh yeah, I got a paper key. She had laminated from her Litecoin and Ethereum. She had bought a lot, and uh, she left it there from like five, six years ago, pre okay. the other drop." And so she didn't have Bitcoin, but she had a lot of other smaller coins, uh, Doge, et cetera. So she made a lot of money, but then she left the majority of these other Theta, Theta Fuel, uh, still in there post the crash. But we took it all out and we were like, okay, but it was on paper cards that were laminated. So I was like, I'll do the same thing. That's the safest, take it offline. Sure as shit, I left it there. I left it on my desk and lost the key. And turns out my son, when he was only one, was like grabbing stuff and moving it. So it fell behind the desk. I frantic for a day was looking for it, but it was in between the baseboard and the wall. And uh, I was like, okay, so I'm gonna go back to Coinbase. And then I went to, what was it, crypto.com and use some of theirs. But man, their fees were so crazy. I think I spent more in fees than most people like bartered or traded. And I was like, this is too much. They're making way too much money. Uh, yeah. So I need to take it offline, but I was just lucky enough to sell the majority for a decent price before I, you know, blew it. Yeah, no, no, you you are lucky because on Coinbase, let's say you have two hundred thousand, right? Mm -hmm. And if it becomes a million, try withdrawing it and see if you can. You yeah. cannot. the The moment you press the button, say sell the coin, they will freeze your account. 
and verification yeah yeah and it, it will be frozen till the shit crashes oh, you know? so I'll, I'll say this online i put in eight thousand dollars and turned it into four hundred and eighty thousand on coinbase and so i had transferred the eight thousand to rubet got up to like 320 transferred it to coinbase it was from another platform but i sold it on coinbase for usd yeah. and transferred it now the problem was a the taxes that i wasn't going to pay um but b, <laughs> i kept putting money back into rubet and lost it so my loss to income was totally messed up but i think i got it up to like 420 460 something like that but i put in 200,000 back into Rubet and lost a bunch of money. That was when crypto was at like 42,000 Bitcoin. And so I had everything in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Shit me, they froze the account on the second transaction for 180,000 USD. And it took them six days to release it because they had to call me, they had to get on a voicemail or a visual uh, conversation had me send the ID. They were like, well, we can have you come out. We can do this, that. It's just a large transaction and we don't know who you are. We don't even have your your information for your taxes. And I'm like, yeah, you're not gonna get that. Um, yeah. Since it, the only thing I had was that it was income from another uh, website that was transferred to them. So they were an intermediary and didn't need all my taxable information. But I ended up losing the majority of it. I was lucky enough to get them to release it compared to people who just were not. Um, so it was a different time. I was so arrogant. I was, the world was just like, oh, it's free money. The government, fuck them, fuck this, fuck that. Um, I, I found out real quick that you can owe the government a lot of money and they will take the most minimal amount of payments for like 30 years. It's, yeah. The US yeah. government never comes after people unless you willingly are like, yeah, f I'm just not paying. Uh, it's a, it's funny though, because I've heard stories of people, you know, going through crypto and then getting arrested because they didn't pay their taxes. And I'm like, how dumb do you have to be? Everything's transacted on the blockchain. There's no reason that they don't have the information. Just tell them if you can't pay it, tell them you can't pay it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think most of the time when people get arrested is so people think that if they owe money to IRS, it's it's automatically jail time. Well, that's not the case. If you if you tell them you're not going to pay, then it's jail time. You know, if you call them, talk to them, you know, they will say, hey, so we think you owe us this much. What are you going to do? Then you tell them like, no, I think I only owe you 50,000 instead of 100,000. They're going like, no, I think you owe 75 and call them again. No, I really think it's 25. They're like, okay, we're going to audit you again. Then you're like, okay, how can we settle down? And they, they will give you a number. <laughs> so I had personally, I, I, originally I owed like 54,000 for my income in 2020 and 2019. And yeah. I was like, damn, I didn't think I made that much, but I had a lot of things I paid cash for and I bought a lot of lottery and, and gambling. So it offset to like 32,000 after your penalties. And I was like, you know, I really don't want to put 32,000 up out of my income. I could pay it, but it's, that's a lot of money out of your, your nest egg. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. If it's over 30% of the liquid money I have, I don't want to do that. What, what can I do in payments? And they're like, you can pay 200, $216 a month forever. I'm like, what? 
that's a hundred. What is that? That's so many months. It's yeah. 10 years. So I could just claim a loss for the rest of ever and offset it anyway. But tell yeah. me that's the easiest loan you could ever get. Zero interest, make sure you pay it. There's no compound interest after you say you're making the payments. And I was like, the government just doesn't care. Like, that's crazy. I, I, I think the, the, the problem with the people who are running away with the taxes is not that the government don't want to get the money back. They already know that people who don't have money, people who end up in jail, they're not going to pay anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. People who are going to pay, let's take whatever they can give us because if they put them in jail, they're not paying anything. Yeah. So so you, you made a bunch of money in crypto. You were smart about it. You bought a business. and you, So what made you get into the data recovery side that in turn you ended up saving my ass off? Oh, no. my So... So when I got into data recovery was because my crypto was on my hard drive. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so how'd that happen? It just died. Just randomly? Yeah. It wasn't an ex-girlfriend or anything, no water, no. No, I have a normal wife, you know, normal kid and everyone's normal in the house, you know, no one drinks, but Sometimes, you know, it just... <laughs> Shit happens, yeah. No, yeah. I always have to ask, because every time I hear of a bad hard drive, it's usually from the customer side of things, and there's always a story. And I'm sure you're aware, somebody threw something, somebody got angry, somebody cheated. You know, yeah. it's California. Yeah, no, mine, mine was a simple fix. I don't think I even needed the tools that we have, um, but I just wanted to make sure that I have what I have, and... So paying someone wasn't the problem. The problem was, do I want to give them the drive? Because they can just say, there's nothing here. Yeah. You've, you know? seen, you've seen those videos of people recovering and all of a sudden, well, my 300,000 is gone or, you know, it's unrecoverable and they've swapped the discs or the, uh, what is it, the platters. There's People are going to extreme lengths to steal crypto. It's nuts. I, I think that there's other ways to recover but I, I just wanted to play safe. Yeah. Um, I don't think you just lose everything. There's, um, there's ways to keep going, you know? Yeah. Uh, and no one's going to put everything on one. So even if I lost, not everything was lost. So I was going to lose some of it. Not, not I mean, if, if someone have crypto in, like before 2015 or something, I can almost guarantee they're not going to be dumb enough to leave everything on single drive because when you mine something, it's on 24-7. and It's on a different multiple drives in other places too, right? Because it's not yeah, just one so piece. Yeah, so you're of... not mining on, on one computer. And, and so, so there's no way you, you're going to be mining to one spot all the exactly. time. So when people say, oh, no, I, I had millions and billions, but I lost it all, I I don't think they ever had it. <laughs> it's, it's, I, uh, I, in my history in the, the show, you'll probably see, I've definitely discussed in 2011, I was a drug addict and also bought and sold drugs. And yeah. um, it was a fun time. I did transact like 150 Bitcoin for a quarter pound of marijuana in California at the time. And that was like $12 a Bitcoin. It was something ridiculously small and I still couldn't sell it. 
I had traded somebody that Bitcoin for like half price. And it was such a funny story because the guy called me years later and he's like, hey, any chance you remember what that thing looked like you gave me? Because I never sold it. It's probably in my garage somewhere. And at 150 Bitcoin, it would have been, I think at the time he called me like 22,000 back in December, 2020. And I was like, dude, if you find it, call me. I'll, you know, I'll definitely uh, show you how to cash it. But yeah. other than that, I have no idea. I hadn't heard from him in a decade. I'm like, Jesus, crypto just brought everyone out of the woodworks. And I, I, never... I think anyone, anyone who ran like a phone repair store, they, they did some kind of crypto because we used to sell Bitcoin yeah. and man, I forgot the name of the company. It was, um, not BitConnect or Liberty X. No, Liberty yeah. X. Ah, I remember those guys. Yeah. So, so a lot of times when I, when I did this crypto thing, it was, it was through them, you know, but they only had a limit of 3000. So it's like, man, what can you do? You know, and, and people used to buy like more phones, more phone numbers. And that's how we got into Metro. But now it's, I don't think anyone will really have like a billion dollar off crypto, like, right. like regular guy on the street. I, man, that's a lot of money. And you have to mine a lot of crypto. Yeah. Uh, to have that much of money you know so it sounds like you're getting busy over there um how how would you if you were to teach somebody nowadays would you make a master class at data recovery and sell that master class similar to what other people are doing oh man <laughs> so i don't think this class thing is going to work because i don't even know if i'm supposed to talk about the tools but i'll just say it. so if for someone to recover data on hard drive you can get like deep spar or there's like other cheap disk images right but if you really want to like get into like firmware repair you know unlocking the drive after head swap you have to get pc3000 it's like a tool from ace lab um i think the cheapest one is like 5000 but now they sell like a portable one where you can connect like hard drive, NAND, uh, not the NAND, but the SSDs, the RAID and um, server-based system. And just the tool is 10,000. So even if I teach someone, it's- They need to spend an exorbitant they need amount to spend, after. And that's one tool, right? And then let's say you want to buy Celebrite. So- Celebrite is stupid expensive for what it is. Yeah, yeah. so the cheapest tool they have that cannot do the newest iPhone is about 7,500. Um, the premium tool they have is 26,000. Oh, so yeah. even if I tell someone, hey, this is what I use, they're not going to buy it. I, I already know it. <laughs> I, I almost bought one uh, last year and it was like 22,500. I found a used one and the guy was like, oh, I'll help you. I'll set it up. I'll come out, do this and that. And he lived in San, I think San Francisco. And he was like, well, we're selling our store. We're doing X, Y, and Z. And I was like, well, what would I use this for? Nothing, because I use a guy named Ali who unlocks all the FRPs for me, 10 bucks instant, unlock five minutes instant. It's cheap, it's easy. And for me, I'm, I'm finding that I'm running way too many things to do it hands-on for a long time, because I don't want to retire doing this. Uh, it's definitely not my goal. I'd much rather sell soap on the internet. You know, sit at my house, drinking my latte, feed up, kids serving me grapes, the whole thing. Um, but it's 
it's just, uh, it's not the passion that many people are like, oh, I could do this forever anymore. Especially and when you're getting to data recovery, like platter swaps, people do not understand the work that goes into that, the tedious. Oh, yeah. You yeah. think your hand's steady when you're doing a, a 2503 or whatever you want to do on an iPhone? Try a, pa a platter swap. Get yeah. one hundredth of a millimeter out of spot and you are dead. No, I've, I've had some people there like, no, sell me the tool. What software is it? And, and I try, and I try to tell them if you think swapping CPU is hard, man, this, this is like a different level, you know? Yeah. Um, I, so I have done platter swap on single platter. I have done dual platter swap because that one is okay. You can't man anything over two platter. No, I, I I don't even know how they managed to do it. Um, I have heard they have some other tools where they can take it out one by one, but I, I don't know. I've, I, I have had people who say, oh, I can teach you. And I tell them, okay, show me live and I'll pay, you know, mm -hmm. give me a number and we'll talk. But it's, I think it's, it's, it's best to tell people that you don't have money than telling people you have money because then there's two problems. You can get robbed where you work, mm -hmm. you know, and they will ask for more money. So telling people you don't have money, you, you don't I'm, have I'm money. dead broke, by the way, zero money, <laughs> all invested in all this bullshit, zero returns. Look at me. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, I mean, look at me, you know, I, I do data recovery really cheap. I think, I think I'm, I'm cheapest when it comes to CPU swap. And one day my partner, he was asking me, he's like, man, why, why you try that? And I was like, man, if, if someone tried to compete me with price, I'll, I'll do it for a hundred dollars. <laughs> and he's like, but what do you get out of it? I was like, sometimes it's like, no, just fuck it. <laughs> if, if it's time versus that energy, man, I like, I, I've been real stuck on, well, here's what the value is and what I'm doing. And, and there's sometimes where I'm like, every time I do a favor or try and give somebody a discount, it just fucks me somebody says something or does something or like, no, this goes wrong. And I'm like, well, now I'm out three hours on a favor for 20 bucks. And I'm like, Duh, it's such a waste of time. So I try and stick to the, here's what I'm worth. Here's what I've hold, held my value to. It's really hard though, especially some of these people getting very yeah. uppity at $25 is a, a lifetime of money for them um, to get their baby pictures. Jesus. Uh, no, the, the, the thing is I have, I have a lot of support. So, you know, I, I have friends in Canada and when I'm swapping CPU, you know, it could be like eight or 10 at night. Sometimes it's 11 and mm -hmm. they are three hours plus they will still be up. And sometimes I can tell like, fuck, they're tired, but they will still be up just because they're like, okay, if, if we go to bed, he may think that, oh, you know, he's just doing it by himself. Mm -hmm. So they're always there. And then my partner, as you can see, like I can sit here, spend two days, lose a lot of money from the regular customer I can make. And he had no problem with it. <laughs> Dude, you, you're lucky. You're very lucky. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. glad to see you doing so well, man. That's great. Especially Oakland, you know, new baby. Yeah. <laughs> the world's changing that you don't got to be down and out or coming bootstraps or anything to you know be proud of what you do but you seem like you love it and i'm happy for you all right everybody if you like 
comment, subscribe, hit the button, hit the bell, hit the notification. I'll share, put all the links for EFX down below. Appreciate you having on. Thanks for the chat and we'll get you back on soon. No worries. Thanks for having me on here. All right, everybody. Later.